the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your life becomes like a garden overflowing with spiritual fruit, blessing others, blessing you, and blessing God with greater glory. So the world, he says, begins to see the sincerity of your faith, not just by what you say, but by what you do. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. In our nation, there are about 400,000 children waiting to be adopted. You know what's interesting? There's 350,000 Christian churches. Just do the math. If every church, if a church like ours just had one family who adopted one child, we would almost solve the orphan crisis in the U.S. They're all around us. Foster care, orphans, those who were trafficked, they're abused. Their bodies are enslaved. Single moms are often in this category, overwhelmed, the homeless on the streets. And yet James is saying real faith takes care of those people. So remember your one truth. If the word of God is implanted in you, your life will be like a garden overflowing with spiritual fruit, blessing others, blessing you, and blessing God for greater glory. You can't hide real faith. For a lot of years, I've challenged listeners with this phrase. I've said something like, you're kind of living a covert Christianity. I think I need to adjust that because according to James... I'm not sure you can live covert Christianity. I'm not sure it's possible to go through life and people not know that you're a follower of Christ. Because if the word of God is implanted in you, your life will be like a garden. It's overflowing with spiritual fruit. It's blessing others. It's blessing you. And it's blessing God with greater glory. So maybe what we need to ask, if there's no real change in us, if our life doesn't look like the life of that pure and undefiled religious person in James 1.27, maybe we need to ask, Has our life even been changed by God? Because if you have a relationship with God on the inside, it produces a religion on the outside that becomes evident as you do things for people who can do nothing for you. And that flies in the face of particularly American Christianity. Think about that. Pure religion Real faith, biblical Christianity is not about what you get, but what you give to those from whom you will get nothing in return. 
That's how you get the blessing of verse 25. You live the life of verse 27. You do Christianity when you do for others who can't do for you. How you doing at that? Shouldn't surprise us. I'm going to do a pop quiz, and it's real easy. The answer to this question is in the question. It's part of one of the words. So here we go. Ready? What is Christianity? Let me make it even easier. Who is Christianity based on? Christ, right? Christ, Christianity. It shouldn't surprise us that you do Christianity when you do for others who can't do for you. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. We owe a debt we could never pay. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. Why did he do it? To take away the stain of sin, to give us forgiveness, to give us life. That's why God so loved the world. He gave his only son, Jesus, so that whosoever believes in him wouldn't have to die to a punishment of sin, but could have forever life with him. That's the whole message of the gospel. And Jesus spent his life trying to tell us this while he walked on the earth. That you do Christianity when you do for others who can't do for you. One of my favorite stories of when Jesus taught this is in Luke chapter 10. You might remember, a lawyer came to Jesus. The Bible says he was testing him. Why was he testing him? Well, the question he asked in Luke 10 is, what do you have to do to get this kind of eternal experience you're talking about, Jesus? In other words, he's like you and he's like me. We want the minimum, right? You go into a class and you say, okay, what's the passing grade? You go into a job and you say, what's the expectation? That's human nature. You excel and you succeed when you understand you shouldn't just go for the minimum. But that is human nature. It's our sin nature. So he's saying to Jesus, what's my minimum? And Jesus didn't hesitate. Remember what he said? All right, buddy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Withhold nothing for him. But. Don't just stop there. The second is just as important. It's right behind it. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus was saying, you want to know what you need to do? Love God passionately. Love others intentionally. That's why we say that as a church is so important. Love God passionately. Love others intentionally. But that wasn't enough for the guy. Being an attorney, it says in verse 29, desiring to justify himself. Have you ever done that? Desired to justify your... Let me tell you how it looks. If you're married, um, you're in one of those moments of heated fellowship with a spouse. You ever have that? You're in kind of a, a moment of deep discussion. And one spouse says to another, why'd you do that? And instead of saying, I'm so sorry, I'm just a jerk. Or, boy, please forgive me, I was wrong. What do we do? We desire to justify Ourself. I did that because you did this. I did that because of the circumstances I'm in. I did that because of what you've not done or what you did to me. And so the guy said, desiring to justify himself to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. So let me tell you real quick. Jesus says this guy's walking along the road. It's a very dangerous place. He gets robbed, beaten, and left for death. But good news, laying there dying on the side of the road, a religious person comes by. 
But the religious person says, oh, that's going to make me dirty. I don't think I should stop. So they keep moving. But great news. Jesus says another very religious. So not just a once a monther, but a every week kind of religious person comes by. But this person sees the guy dying on the side of the road. And I think he probably said something like, oh, I don't have time. I've got to get to a Bible study. And so he actually moves to the other side of the road and, and keeps going. And then Jesus, very specific, specific and very intentional in his description, says, then a Samaritan comes by. Why is that so important? Because a Samaritan was somebody different, like racially different. They would have looked different. They wouldn't have been treated the same. They would have been viewed as an enemy. And yet they came by and they gave. The good Samaritan did something to make a difference, not expecting anything in return. And then Jesus said to the lawyer, which one of these guys do you think was the best neighbor? <laughs> you know the answer to that. But just think about what took place. What was Jesus' real point? I think he was telling us it's not religion. It's not ritual. That stuff can be worthless if it's not applied. What makes a difference is when you've been changed. Because when you've been changed, it changes how you see things. And when, he, when how you see things has been changed, it changes how you feel about things. And how you feel about things has been changed, it changes what you do. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So professing Christ follower. As we determine whether or not you're a possessing Christian. I would ask you is. What you do. Been changed. Has the word of God implanted in you. So changed your life. That a garden is now overflowing with spiritual fruit. That blesses others. That, that blesses you. And that blesses God with greater glory. That was the point Jesus was making. I think Jesus was reminding us that if we focus less on who's our neighbor and focus more on being a neighbor, God will always provide the neighbor for us to do our faith. So let's get practical. How can we apply this? Well, in foster care and adoption and in the area of human trafficking, we actually have partners with our church that can help you get hands-on help to be involved making a difference in each of these areas. 
In fact, did you know that through the organization Door of Hope, one of our ministry partners, if you're interested in being licensed for foster care, bringing a child into your home that may just need some temporary care and love from loving Christ-centered people, that there can be virtual training that's taking place now because of the change in our world, and you can make a difference in a child's life. We've also got our friends at One More Child who really come alongside not only children who've been orphaned, but those single moms that may find themselves in a difficult setting and provide help to them in a very practical way. We can also point you through our those two organizations, the path toward adoption, so that maybe God would use you to help be a forever home for a child that just wants a loving mom and a loving dad. And maybe you're burdened by modern-day slavery as it's being lived out in sexual and human trafficking. And our friends at the United States Institute against human trafficking, and they can help guide you to ways where you can make a positive difference in people's lives. You just have to get involved. You, you have to do something. What about the service of widows? Did you know that that's pretty simple? Right here in our church, but all around you, probably in your neighborhood, you have widows. Reach out to them, call them, pray with them. Maybe offer to pick up some items or from the grocery store, the medications that they need. Take them for doctor's visits. Send them cards for their birthday. Help them with light housework or, or yard work. Pick up a good book and send it to them for them to read. Drop off meals. Maybe read the Bible and pray with them. Here's a great one. Ask them for advice. A lot of them have lived a lot of life. Ask them to pray for you. Help them in any practical way you can. I'm just asking you to do something. Remember, a doing Christian does something for those that will do nothing in return. Are you that kind of Christian? The last time I I preached on this passage, it was 2015. It was a special day in our church. We were wearing t-shirts that says, love changes lives. I looked over that message. It it included this passage, but it was a a bunch of scripture about a lot of different subjects that day. But after our Sunday morning experience, we gathered back that day on Sunday evening. And right here in this space, we had folks that were our partners that were some of the same friends I've just mentioned, but they, they helped guide us through the issues of foster care and adoption of human trafficking and of of the pro-life opportunities that we have. It was a great day. I don't remember it being a high attendance or I don't remember our budget. It's not that a lot of people joined to the church, but as a pastor, I, I walked away thinking, this is, this is good. This was a good day, maybe because it was pure and undefiled religion. I went home. You might remember my wife and I have four boys that were born to us. They're now ages 24, 21, 18, and 16. So they're coming along We saw the empty nest in our horizon. And so I said to my wife that night as we were getting ready for bed, hey, did you think it was a good day? Oh, yeah, it was a great day, babe. Man, it was was Jesus honoring. I said, hey, Kimberly, is God saying anything to you? I mean, do you think any of those areas are things maybe we need to step forward in, foster care or adoption or anything? She said, no, you know, we've got a quiver full and and we're serving the Lord. I, I think we're okay. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, me too. No big radical change in our life. We go to bed. The next morning I wake up. 
Early in that day, I get a text from one of our very faithful members. He began to describe a situation in the text where he had taken care of an extended family member because this person's mother was living a life away from Jesus. Involved in drugs and all kind of things, this child had been taken from the home. And he said, Pastor, do you know anybody in our church that, that might be open to foster care or adoption? And I said, hey, are you serious? Were you here yesterday? Did you hear the message? Did you hear about last night? And he said, no, 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 we, we couldn't be in church because this just has our whole world rocked. And I said, yes. Yes, this was everything we talked about yesterday. There are names on a list. Let me go to the other office and get the name. And then I said, no, no, no. I, I felt something tug in my spirit. And I said, let me call you in 24 hours. So I went home and I, I told my wife, I said, you're not going to believe what happened today. And I told her the story I just told you. And, and I looked at her and I, I told her about this little girl, two years old at the time. I, I said, um, you, don't, you don't think God could be speaking to us, do you? She said, yeah, I believe God may be speaking to us. And that began a process that ended up being very long, that made the empty nest now way out of sight. (laughs) But God used us to bring a little child into our Purvis pack that became our Purvis princes. And and now as a seven-year-old beautiful young lady who's asked Christ to be her Lord and Savior and is has so much potential for him. God's allow us to impact her destiny because of our willingness on that day. You say, Pastor, why do you think made that happen? Well, I, I think it was actually very strategic. And so I want to give it to you because I believe wherever you are in life, whatever one of these avenues for living out this real faith You can do it. It begins with an open heart. You've got to have a moment in your life as a Christ follower where you really do say, God, my yes is on the table. My hands are open. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I've signed the document. You just got to fill in the blanks. And if you're professing to be a Christ follower and you don't live that way, then I would just tell you you're living out of step with the perfect will of God. Because the Christ follower is not guaranteed the comfortable life. The Christ follower is not a self-focused life. The Christ follower's life is looking out saying, God, I am open to whatever you want, whatever that means. And so then with that open heart, you say, God, just give me open eyes. I think because we had an open heart, Though we weren't looking, when God put the opportunity that he was planning before us, we saw it. But if you don't have an open heart, you won't see the opportunity God's giving you to make a difference. But because we had an open heart and because we had open eyes, we were ready to respond with open hands. And I think that's what God wants you to do. Why? Because if the word of God is implanted in you, your life becomes like a garden overflowing with spiritual fruit. It's blessing others, it's blessing you, and it's blessing God with greater glory. And that, according to James, is what compassion looks like. I told you he mentioned three things. Good news. We're just going to spend a second on the third. He talks about control, controlling your tongue. 
He he talks about compassion, living it out and how you live your faith. And then he talks about cleanliness. All three of these things outline the faith. Cleanliness is described at the end of verse 27. He says, and keep oneself unstained from the world. What? That's your testimony. You, You see, if you've controlled your life, under the governance of the Spirit of God, if you've lived a compassionate life, living out your faith, then your testimony, your testimony is one that is clean and pure before the world. You're not stained. Remember the story I started with? Some of you, God's got big plans for your life. He's got a future for you that has great impact for his glory. But you got spaghetti and meatball stain all over you. The sin of the world is what everybody sees. Instead of leaving a mark on the world, you've been marked by the world. You're like Lot in the Old Testament. Lot moved to Sodom, and then Sodom moved into Lot. And that's happened with some of you. But I've got great news. You ready? We have a God who, like, can get rid of any stain. And you know what else about that God? He loves orphans. And he sees every one of us as an orphan. And he wants to adopt us into his family. And one more thing, by the way, about our God. He's all about paying debts he doesn't owe. And so though you feel overdrawn and inadequate, out of your league, he's saying, I'm here for you. And that's important. I read about a tragedy this week. A 20-year-old from Naperville, Illinois, named Alexander Kearns. He, He took his life. That's tragic in any setting. But what makes this tragedy so unusual is Alexander took his life because he had looked on an app, the app called Robinhood, that helps you trade stock. And because he looked incorrectly, he thought for a moment that he owed $730,000. So he wrote a suicide note to his parents and said, how could a young man ever repay $730,000? And he took his life. Tragic in any setting. More tragic when you realize He was mistaken. He actually had a credit of $14,000. He took his life because he thought he had a debt he could not pay. That's not your situation. You and I, we do have a debt we cannot pay. And if it's left undealt with, our life is hopeless. But thanks be to God, he dealt with our debt. He paid it. We have hope so we can live our life having been implanted with the word of God, producing a garden of spiritual fruit that blesses others, that blesses us, and blesses God with greater glory. May it be so. Let's bow our heads and pray together.
Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But I want to speak first to that person I prayed for at the outset of the message. You know that you don't have a relationship with God. You may be a church member. You may be religious. You may have gone through a lot of rituals. But you know if, you're, if you died today, you would not spend forever in heaven. I want to remind you that God loves you right where you are. He loves you right as you are. He just doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to adopt you into his family and make you his. So all you need to do is admit that you need him. You've got to believe that what he's done for you is enough. And you've got to surrender control. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhill.org. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.